you are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, unless there's a hurricane available wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday. Finally back at it after some power issues, some internet issues. And yeah, it feels weird to be recording again. Hopefully you fared well after Hurricane Zeta came through New Orleans uh, and everything's okay. All things considered, there is some damage. Some people had some rough hurricanes, but probably one of the better case scenarios that we were looking at. So we got some things to talk about into today's show and we'll get into all sorts of other stuff later in the week. Stan Van Gundy adds a new name to his assistant coaching staff. We're going to talk about some awful looking jerseys. Maybe they're not so bad when I've seen a different kind of mock-up on them. And then finally, is the league going to start on December 22nd? Are we going to get games on Christmas Day or is this going to drag out a little bit further? Let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So since Stan Van Gundy has been hired, one of the things people want to talk about and ask about, and this is something I get the most, is what's the assistant coaching staff going to look like? You're seeing around the league, it's kind of becoming a bit of an arms race in terms of assistant coaches. Look at what's going on to some degree with the Brooklyn Nets, with first Steve Nash being hired as the head coach, but now... Mike D'Antoni is going to be an assistant coach. Amari Stoudemire is going to be an assistant coach there too. And they're basically recreating the second and seconds or less sons, but on like the coaching staff, which is kind of nuts to think about with that. Over in Los Angeles, you have Ty Lue taking the head coaching job and then bringing in Kenny Atkinson as a lead assistant. Chauncey Billups as a lead assistant. All of those names are really kind of getting thrown into that mix there. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, that's a lot of talent on that coaching staff. Guys that are teachers, guys that are former players that can connect with the current players, so on and so forth. And when you look at this upcoming season, and we'll get into it in the third segment where things might be very condensed. And if you haven't listened to the episode where I kind of break down what a December 22nd start might be, we spent the whole episode on that. It's some point last week, time makes no sense to me anymore after the past couple of days here with the storm. But we broke down that you're on a compressed schedule, which means, one, the rookie class is going to probably be bad because they don't have much ramp-up period of time. But also, the coaches are probably going to be spending more time with like new free agent signings and getting the starters and people ready for the season. But if you have a really strong coaching staff, well then... They can work with some of those young guys too and maybe bring them along so it's not just a wasted year for them. So having strong assistant coaches who are able to integrate everything you want to integrate, whether it's player development, whether it's a new system, scheme, what have you, is really important right now. So everyone's wondering who's going to fill out the Pelicans coaching roster. Stan Van Gundy at his introductory press conference said they're going to try and finalize this in the next couple of days because season might be starting soon. Well, the first name is no surprise that the Pelicans have brought in, and that is Bob Byer. This is a guy who has worked with Stan Van Gundy in two different spots. First with the Orlando Magic from 07 to 2012, and then with the Detroit Pistons from 2014 to 2018. It's not one of those big, like sexy assistant coach names. Like they didn't bring in, you know, pay big money for Wes Unsell Jr., Darvin Ham, or even Will Weaver, a name that a lot of people have been kind of excited about. This is just a guy 
that is a good teacher of the game, which is something that Stan Van Gundy and this coaching staff is really going to be looking to do with this young and somewhat impressionable roster that is just a guy that he's worked with that he trusts to kind of go out and get the job done. He's a little bit more offensive focused than defensive focused, I think. However, you still coach kind of all of that stuff, and it's not just like one or the other. So Byers known basically for kind of the motion offense, which is what I think you're going to see a lot of the Pelicans do in the half court. Let's read and react and trying to make decisions more cut, try and find a way to get open, touch the ball, move the ball, all of that stuff. And so with a lot of touches, a lot of passes, trying to find creases, whatever the advantage you might get in the half court is. So lots of off ball cuts, off ball movement, not people standing around. And this is something that Byers able to effectively teach in different stops that he's been in. And when you look at his time, um, he's got 30 years of coaching experience here. He's been a head coach in the college ranks before. He's been an assistant in the NBA at various places. He spent time with the Bobcats, now the Hornets. He spent time with the Golden State Warriors too. He's been around the league and just a veteran assistant coach and someone that Stan Van Gundy trusts. And I think that's kind of what they're looking for here. I don't know if he's going to be named a one of the associate head coaches, so basically your lead assistant, uh, or if they're looking to kind of fill that spot with someone else. But this is someone that Stan Van Gundy has worked with before. No surprise to bring in someone he trusts into a new situation, particularly when they are trying to teach and do some of the new things here, or introduce some new concepts to this Pelicans roster. This is a guy that just makes sense. There's going to be a lot more to come here. We still need to wait on the futures of Chris Finch. What's going to happen there? Are they kind of pushing him out? It feels that way, though. I don't know if that's 100% the way to phrase it. And could it be that they're going to go in a bit of a different direction with the offense? Though I do think, as we mentioned in the show, recapping the takeaways from Stan Van Gunny's press conference, that they still are going to play in transition because I think SVG liked a lot of what they did there. So they'll still play in transition and get out and run. But I think you're going to see a lot more from this team in the half court, which is particularly what I'm excited about because I don't only think you can run so much in the league before it doesn't become nearly as effective in the Pelicans. Even though they ran a lot, weren't particularly great or an elite team in transition. So you weren't making the most of those opportunities anyway. So half court and Bob Byer being able to teach that effectively and integrate some new things here. I think you'll see the Pelicans look somewhat different next season, at least offensively. So coming up, we're going to get into Jersey discussion, which is always fun as there was an instant reaction to a leaked Pelicans jersey last week. And then we're going to get into, is the season going to start in December? It seems kind of up in the air and it seems like the NBA and the Players Association is running out of time. What's it all mean? We'll dive into it all in the next couple segments here in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. But before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by Built Go. Sometimes it's just tough to get moving in the mornings or gear up for a workout or be mentally prepared for a meeting. Sometimes you just got a wall and you've got to just try and break through it. Well, Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, except the energy isn't fake and it's lasting and natural and it's here to help you break through those walls. Whether it's me trying to gear up to do a podcast when I haven't in like five days and that was an experience this time and I can't tell you how many takes it took me to do the intro. Sometimes you just need something to kind of help you out with it and that's where Built Go comes in. It's energy gel, basically. It's an 
ounce and a half packages that you can throw in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, put in your golf bag to help you power through the back nine, or just have it in your pocket to kind of help you throughout the day. It's the best energy workout gel on the market. Built Go is fantastic. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural and just better for your body. It's like a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate milk, uh, chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, and that collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it's going to get into your system faster, and it's loaded with good things for you. B3, honey, a little bit of caffeine, B6, B12. It's got everything you can kind of want in this stuff. Plus that collagen gel promotes joint, soft tissue, and hair and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. So go to BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from, whether you've been with me from the beginning, whether you just started listening to the show since the Stan Van Gundy hiring, or maybe you just listen once every blue moon, once every couple of weeks or so. Try giving a couple more episodes a listen. We cover a lot of things here, and you don't want to miss out on what's going on around this team. No one else is five days a week for you free, no paywall, no nothing like that. Just breaking down the Pelicans in the NBA Five days a week, Monday through Friday for you all, especially go listen to the primer on what the season would look like and why I'm kind of excited about it starting on December 22nd, which is something we're going to talk about in the third segment. But now we get to be a little bit of fashion icons here and talk about the Pelicans city jerseys that have leaked. A number of the NBA city jerseys have leaked over the past couple of weeks. And Fletcher Mackle, a friend of the show and friend of mine here, had talked about this um, or in last season, like a months and months back. I don't know if that's last season or if it was like, I don't know, over the summer. But he's talked about how the Pelicans likely were going to be using a new city edition jersey, one that was uh, take, that was inspired by the flag of New Orleans. This sounds very cool in theory, I think. If you look at the Chicago Bulls, they have a flag jersey that looks really good. I actually think the Chicago flag looks kind of cool. It translates really well to a jersey. And so thinking that that could work with New Orleans, and we've seen some of the mock-ups, the ones that fans have done, people who are much more talented artistically than I am, and it's like, this could look really good. It might not be what people are hoping for in terms of like a city edition jersey and something that really ties into the culture of New Orleans, and we'll get into that in a second here, but it could work. Like at least you don't have a terrible looking jersey, right? Like at the minimum, that's what you're going for. And then the leak comes out and no, these things are terrible. It's it's really kind of as simple as that. Now we've got four pictures on the leak and part of it is this is not a great photo shoot. The jersey on this guy just looks a little bit too big on him and kind of like dwarfs him a little bit and like it makes the proportions and the fittedness and all of it look really off. But if you haven't seen it, go look it up right now. It's a leak. So we don't know if this is official yet, but it looks kind of official. And these things tend to be dead on when these things are leaked, but it looks like to a degree, the flag of the city of New Orleans, the red bar on top, the white bar in the middle, the blue bar at the bottom and three fleur-de-lis on that white section. Except the blue looks off. It looks too light for the actual flag of New Orleans. And I don't know, like something about it just doesn't look 
good. I'm looking at it now as I record it. Like the back looks terrible. You would assume that the blue on the bottom is going to have blue shorts too, because once you tuck it in, you wouldn't see that blue line on the bottom. So it kind of immediately negates it from looking like the flag of New Orleans if you don't have the case. So I would assume there's blue shorts here. And it kind of makes it look like one of those like bomb pops that you would get from a uh, like the red, white, and blue, like bomb, like what are the rocket pops or whatever they're called from like the ice cream truck. It's kind of what it looks like with three, you know, beige gold fleur-de-lis on there. They don't stand out a ton. The I think the best thing going for this jersey is I do like the font of the number one uh, on there. That does feel kind of New Orleans-y with the way it looks. But overall, like this is not good. This jersey does not say New Orleans, NOLA, or Pelicans on it either. So you don't really hit the city name, that if you look at this, there's nothing that identifies it other than the fleur-de-lis is the city of New Orleans. There's nothing that identifiable to it. When you look at some of the other ones that have come out, the Phoenix Suns at least says the Valley on it. Okay, I think that helps. San Antonio says San Antonio. The Warriors one, which we don't, which is so weird to me, says Oakland at least. Uh, the Trailblazer says Oregon on it. So they have some name that denotes it as what it is usually. The Pelicans doesn't. It's the three fleur de leaves, which is very identifiable with the city of New Orleans. Yes, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. It feels like it is missing something because of that. And when you've seen mock-ups from other people, it just seems like this, this concept could have been executed better. I did have a friend, Tyler, shout out to you, thank you, who sent me a photo of someone photoshopping this jersey onto Zion. And when it's fitted, I guess, and like properly on someone, it looks a whole lot better. But I don't like this. And the instant reaction, I think, on Twitter was, yeah, these aren't that good. I don't think anyone in particular uh, really, really cared for these. There's just other ways that you could have done this better, I think. And they came kind of close to it when they did those City Edition jerseys that were basically the Mardi Gras jerseys from a couple years ago. Um, and they used last year, but the blue, the gold, and the red, and it looked really good. This just doesn't look right, and the colors look off and you could have just done something so much better now i don't know if using the flag of new orleans which is not something you know and i've lived in new orleans since 2004 i don't think most people identify that with the city i think if you showed people that they could guess it's the flag of new orleans if you told them it was an american city and that's about it but it's not what you identify with to some degree for a city you know with the city and when you look at what some of these city edition jerseys are doing they're paying homage to a lot of the culture or features of these areas. This is just a flag jersey. It doesn't do that. The Chicago flag is even different from that because the Chicago flag and the stars that are on it all represent something specifically with the city and different events that they've hosted, world fairs, I think, and somewhat and so forth. When you look at this Pelicans one, it's got the three fleur-de-lis. I googled, because I don't know, what the three fleur-de-lis mean on the city of New Orleans flag. And it represents the principles of government, liberty, and fraternity. I don't think anyone is identifying the city of New Orleans with government, liberty, or fraternity whatsoever. Like, I just, I don't like this. It could have, as long as the jersey looked cool, it would have been fine. But it just seems like whoever designed this missed the mark on what you're trying to do with these city edition jerseys. I don't know if... You know, it, it, and it's tough to do, to be fair. What would you pick to identify the city of New Orleans with? Most people pick Mardi Gras. And when you're doing these jerseys, you want something that's kind of identifiable that a lot of people might get right away for the most part. Mardi Gras works. It does. I, I like that they do that sort of thing, a thing that's very unique to the city. 
but there's a lot of rich culture here and a lot of other things that you could have really tapped into that just has never been done. And I don't know if you need to necessarily lean into as, as a truck goes by the whole, um, certain music aspects or the hip hop aspect of new Orleans. I don't know if that would be as recognizable as identifiable around the country and the world to people. So you tend to kind of boil it down to like the lowest common denominator, the most common feature that you could pick, which is why Mardi Gras gets chosen. But the flag doesn't do any of that. I don't think any of this looks good. A streetcar in some degree would have looked like much better. And that's much more identifiable to new Orleans that I think could have worked a little bit easier. None of this really does or doing an outline of the Mississippi river around the city would have been something kind of cool to do. If you at least want to tie it into geographical features or something like that, like the Phoenix suns do with the Valley and all of that stuff. This, I, I don't think a ton of people like just know about the flag of new Orleans to, or care about it enough that are like, yes, that pride, right? No, none of that in fraternity, Liberty government. Like, no, it just feels like it misses the mark. And then if it looked cool, Sure, if it looked good, like some of the mock-ups we've seen, like I, I dig it, at least aesthetically it's pleasing, even if the meaning isn't there. This kind of misses the mark on on all of them, and it was disappointing to see. So hopefully this maybe isn't the final design, but it, it probably is. We'll see. They, they, they didn't do a good job here. Let me know on Twitter, what would you pick to kind of be the defining feature for a jersey? What's that kind of thing that you want to take pride in for the city of New Orleans, the culture here that you want and you also think people would pick up on too. I do think that, that is important that it's kind of got to be a thing that is widely somewhat known. So you can pick something that's more niche and has a lot of significance to people, but still, those are kind of, I think, the criteria you're looking for here. I'm curious to hear what you all think. Let me know on Twitter at Nola Jake. So coming up is that December 22nd start date for the season in Jeopardy. It sounds like it could be. We'll dive into what that all means coming up here in the next segment of Locked On Pelicans. All right, Monday through Friday, Locked On Pelicans is here, unless there's a storm breaking down everything you want to know about the team, covering the coaching hires, what's, what it's going to mean for the Pelicans next season. I've told you we're going to do an episode diving into the adjustments that he's able to make in a game and how he turns those games around into wins, something we'd love to see here happen in New Orleans. We're going to be covering free agency, the draft. We're going to get back to that, all of that the rest of the week. So make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And hey, if you listen to one or two shows, Try giving it a third or a fourth time, seeing if it makes your life a little bit better. We hopefully can help things out here at Locked on Pelicans, but mainly subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So last week did an episode breaking down what a December 22nd start date for the season for the NBA would look like, what a 72 game season would look like, and some changes that I think are probably going to go forward and that I'm kind of excited about some of the things I actually really liked that the league is trying to introduce this season. And I've told you all, I'm a big fan of just do things different when you have the opportunity to, and like, no one's going to blame you if they don't work or if they fail to a degree. So we've been wondering if that was going to be the case. And it makes sense. The league needs to do it. There's a lot of money at stake and make no mistake that starting December 22nd versus sometime in January is a cash grab, but maybe a necessary cash grab for the league. But it sounds like some of the players have pushback. That's a quick turnaround time. They want a little bit longer to try and decompress from the end of last season. You're going to have a couple of teams, not the majority of teams around the league, though, that if you start in December, are basically like getting like a month or two off and that's it, when normally it's a little bit longer than that. And it could lead to injuries, all of that sorts of stuff that people are worried about. 
So you're hearing the league and the players association start to kind of negotiate through the media. I don't think that actually happens as much as people think. And people like to just kind of claim it as that when it's just, I don't think one side is like, oh my God, they leaked this. And now we've got to respond in kind and act like it's going to force any changes. It's not. People have their principles. You stick by it no matter really what Twitter is saying about certain things. But you're starting to see this. The players don't want to start in December. The league does for money. And so you're seeing them kind of hit an impasse. And if we're going to start on December 22nd, that basically means training camp is like three weeks away. You've got the draft coming up uh, later this month in about uh, two weeks or so. And then basically training camp like the week after that and free agency starting soon after that too. It's a lot. So if you're going to start on December 22nd, your runway for agreeing on this is about a week or so probably. Maybe two weeks max. You can maybe do it on like the night of the draft, but that's about it. After that, you've got to push it back. I'm worried if the league pushes it back. I do see the symbolism in starting on MLK Day. I think that makes a lot of sense. But that lack of revenue coming in and what that could mean to the health of the league going forward is definitely a problem. Like truly, truly could be. Now, and I'm not saying the players are wrong for not wanting to start then, but the way I see it is you're going to then end up getting the CBA ripped up and things are going to be worse for the players. The owners tend to win in negotiations when it comes to collective bargaining. They got more last time when they forced a lockout. And if they decide they can tear it up and get more money when all of these owners are, you know, hurting is a relative phrase, I think. They're still richer than you and I, wildly so. They've lost money. No one, even how rich you are, wants to lose money, right? They don't want that. They want to maintain at least the status quo of their wealth. So losing money is not something they they want to do, which means that if they're losing money, they're going to try and grab more from the players. And that could lead a length, to a lengthy lockout, which only hurts the league even more. And when nothing has been prepared for this pandemic and potential recession and all that comes with it, I do worry about the league not starting on December 22nd. They also do have things that you can probably do, as I've said in that episode, that make sense for future seasons and make the product better out there on the court. The stuff with the travel, the stuff with a couple other different things like that, I really, really like and think make a lot of sense. I'm hopeful the league can do this and then get itself into a better position with enough time and not have COVID interrupt more than two seasons. But if they're going to negotiate on this and go back and forth and we just hit an impasse, I worry about the future health of the league to some some degree. Not like an insane amount and not from a ratings perspective or anything like that. It's just things get ugly between owners and players there. And that's not something I want to see. I'm sure that's not something anyone wants to see. And so I'm hopeful that you're going to see things kind of reach a point where we are able to play on December 22nd. I do think some of the stuff out here is just posturing in the media. I don't think it'll really actually change much. And I do think they likely start on December 22nd, but we'll see. It could get kind of ugly and times are weird right now. So we'll see where this all goes. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Happy to be back with you all. Hope you're all safe after everything in Hurricane Zeta this past week. And thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.